You are listening to the God Focused Life Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Thompson, and my prayer is that every single listener will be inspired and challenged to be all that God has created you to be. Hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It has been a long time since I have recorded a podcast. Wow. You know what? We have all had some year. 2020 has been a trip. (laughs) And actually, it's literally been a trip for our family because we moved across the kind of across the town, maybe like 45 ish minutes away from where we were living before. We live in a lovely town called Warrenton, Virginia, and it's beautiful. We just love where we're living. We're kind of in a holding pattern right now, waiting to see what God does. So it's good. Um, right now, I am on a God retreat, and this is something I have done every year, at least once, sometimes twice a year. I've been doing this, um, you know, just to get away, just me and the Lord. And I pick a beautiful place somewhere that's in nature so that I can look at some trees or some water. And I spend a couple of nights with the Lord. And it's amazing. Every single year, he just um, meets me where I am. He shows up in ways that I'm just like, wow. So sometimes he gives me that holy correction and the discipline and makes me realize, hey, you need to shape it up in this area. It's a sweet conviction, but it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Um, so it's good. And then he just lavishes me with his love. And I just love it because I have a, a list on my phone of people that I reach out to and I say, Hey, I'm going on a prayer retreat. Will you please cover me in prayer? And there is nothing like having those prayer partners who cover you. They intercede and then they send you random verses, random things throughout the day. And it's just, wow. You just know that God is moving through them. He's moving in your own life and it's great. So I would highly, highly recommend get alone with the Lord. We have too many distractions in this world right now and everything is so loud. Even when we went through the COVID kind of quiet time, okay, things went quiet for a little while and then all of a sudden things are getting really, really loud, especially on social media. It was like the Lord called for a holy hush throughout the world and the enemy just could not stay still. He could not keep quiet. And then all of a sudden, our virtual world just blew up, whether it was on social media, whether it was in the news and all mayhem and division and just craziness. So I, for one, definitely have to limit my time. I do not scroll through. I choose what I want to see. I choose who I want to follow very carefully because I want to stay as innocent as I can. There is actually a verse in Romans Ooh, is it like 15, 16, somewhere around there, chapter 15, chapter 16, that talks about um, keeping our minds set on good and being innocent from evil. We want to be innocent of evil. So sometimes, yeah, okay, it's good to know what's going on. We don't want to bury our heads in the sand, but that doesn't mean that we have to know the details of everything. Sometimes, Uh, We need to gravitate towards that verse that says, with everything in you, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And when we see something, we can't unsee it. 
When we hear something, we can't unhear it. And we have to go to the Lord and ask him, please, Lord, erase this from my memory. Or as time goes on, um, hopefully he gives us the grace to forget it or just let it go or override it with good. We overcome the evil with good. So I just pray that you are able to overcome the evil with good. And, you know, there are going to be people who disagree, people that see things in different ways. Some people aren't spending any time with the Lord and they are just talking nonsense. Other people are spending time with the Lord and they may still disagree with us. And, you know, that's what the verse says. Come, let us reason together. And sometimes we just have to be like Paul and Barnabas and split ways. You know, one goes one way, one goes the other. He did that with John Mark as well. Um, we want to keep the peace with everything in us. We want to keep the peace. So um, that's not what I was going to talk about on this podcast, but there's you some free advice. Let's do everything we can to keep the peace and let's seek God with everything in us. Let's seek him and let's encourage other people to be seeking him because I believe as we are seeking the Lord together and even if I'm seeking him at my house and you're seeking him at your house, when we come together, um, the Lord will bind our hearts together and we will, you know, a lot of, maybe we're different. Of course, God's made us all different and we see things differently. And a lot of those differences are based on our backgrounds, based on our, um, the way that we were raised, um, the way that our belief system has, you know, shaped us and molded us from a young age. But I believe that God can still bring us in unity as we come together and worship him. So that's just so, so important. Um, what I want to talk about is the word consecration. So we're going to flip gears a little bit, <laughs> switch those gears and talk about consecration. I'm reading from a book from Watchman Nee, and he is amazing. He was amazing. I will say that because he's gone to be with the Lord. He was a Chinese pastor and he was imprisoned for his faith and he wrote some of the best books that I have ever laid my eyes on because I can relate so much to what he says. He is the first one that I have ever read that really, really understood what I was going through, or maybe I could relate because he was already with Jesus. But as I'm reading those pages, he just seemed so alive. And so, um, it was like, he knew exactly what was going on in my heart. And one of the books that I would highly recommend if you are struggling in your flesh, in your walk with the Lord, like trying to be the person that God has called you to be, read the book called sit, stand, walk. And it's by Watchman Nee. Fantastic. Because he will walk you through the process of who you're supposed to be in Christ and spending time with him. And he is the one, as we are coming into his presence, that is when we fall in love with him. And we have to discipline ourselves to get up early. Or if you have to stay up a little bit later, we have to make those sacrifices and give him some extra parts of our day. We should at least be giving him a tenth. If we were called to give a tenth of our um, offering to the Lord, why not give a tenth of our time? Why not set aside Sunday as your Sabbath day and keep it holy? Or maybe it's another day during the week where you rest from all work and you really focus on him. 
Um, we have to come into his presence to know his heart, to read his word, to understand who he is. And then as we are diving into that relationship, he changes us from the inside out. So we are sitting in his presence and then he gives us the ability to stand. We are able to stand firm on the gospel message. We're able to stand firm on scriptures and we know what we are, what we believe and what we are called to, to carry the message to the world of Jesus Christ. And not only the message of Jesus Christ, but in addition to that, he gives us ways that we can do this thing called life, right? And Jesus is the foundation of it. So we learn how to be a loving spouse. We learn how to raise up our children in the Lord. We learn how to honor those in authority above us or um, our brothers and sisters. It says to honor another. Um, we consider them better than ourselves. We honor them above ourselves. So learning the gospel message of Jesus Christ and him dying for us and building that foundation and then learning his heart. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is God the Father? And who is Holy Spirit? And um, And when we learn who he is, it transforms us because the more time we spend with him, we become like him. We were made to be sponges. We were made to absorb him or absorb something. We're going to absorb something, but he, in his heart and in his original plan, we were supposed to be absorbing him. We are created in his image and we were supposed to bear his image. And then sin got in and sin messed us up. We chose sin instead of God. And then this is where I want to get into the consecration because I just read something from Watchman Nee talking about consecration. And he went back to in our history of when there would be the slave what were they called? Slave blocks or slave platforms where literally people were buying other humans. And we see that in many shapes and forms, uh, even today, but, um, we've definitely seen it in our past and our history in many other countries and all around the world where humans would buy other humans and the, the highest bidder would win. And that highest bidder would get that slave and that slave knew I am this person's property. I have to do what this person tells me to do. And I will tell you that is the way sin took its grip on us in the garden of Eden with our, I mean, you can say ancestors because we come, we, we come all the way from Adam and Eve. Um, had they not let sin in somebody along the line definitely would have. And we let sin in all the time. And so they were slaves to sin and there was no way out. And God, because he gives us the choice, he doesn't force us to do different things. He doesn't force us to follow him and to bow down and worship. He doesn't force us to lift up holy hands and worship him. He doesn't force us to read our Bibles or get up early in the morning or go on a God retreat. He doesn't force us, but he gives us the opportunity and he gives us that desire and we can choose him. So when mankind was turned over to the enemy, turned over to Satan, it says in the Bible that there were angels in heaven and they were all worshiping the Lord. And then Satan was jealous of God. He wanted to be God. And then a third of the angels followed Satan and God hurled them out of heaven and they are roaming the earth. 
This is where he kicked them out to. And I've said this, you've probably heard me say this before. I will never understand (laughs) why God chose earth. That would be like me saying that Satan is up in the bedroom. Go ahead, kids, go on, go to bed. Satan's up there. That's like scary to me. But God in his wisdom knew that he had a plan for us to overcome and that we could choose God back. And God did something absolutely amazing. The same way that we were sold over as slaves to sin, God was a highest bidder on us. He paid the ultimate price. He gave his son and Jesus Christ gave his life on a cross and he died. He paid his entire life, his whole life. He laid it on a cross. He actually gave up his life in heaven to come down to earth to live with us for 30 years, 33 years. Um, And then um, he laid down his life for all mankind. And then he bought us back. And now we get to be slaves unto God. We are his creation. We are his property. Somebody is going to own us. We are created beings and we are either going to go with the ways of the world, with the ways of the enemy, or we are going to go with the ways of God because we are created beings. We are not our own. We are not the master of our life. We will submit to something and someone and either we will submit to the sin that causes destruction, that causes mayhem, that causes um, sadness and depression causes us to be addicted, to fall into traps that Satan lays for us, to make us think that we are nothing, that we are unworthy, that we are, um, or he could flip it around and make us think that we are the king of the world and we deserve everything and we just go after the gods of the world, which is money and sex and all, all that the world has to offer and the thrills of life. And we're slaves to that. And the thing is, is that each one of those sins, when we do the things that God did not create us to do, when we do the things that are, it's not that God has this checklist and saying, don't you do that. No, 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 no. I'm telling you right now, don't you do. He's not doing that. He is saying, if you take that leap and do that, there's going to be a consequence because you weren't created for that. You were created to be mine and mine alone, says the Lord. You were created to be his and to have peace and joy and to have the fruits of the spirit in your life. And this is the thing. When we wake up and we realize, I do not want to be a slave to the devil, a slave to the enemy, a slave to the very one that is jealous of God. And the only reason he goes after us is because we are created in God's image And he knows that when he goes after us, he goes after the very heart of God. And he wants to keep us separated from God for all eternity. God has made a place for Satan and his angels. And it is a place called hell. And it was created to um, punish Satan for all eternity. And unfortunately, the people that God created for himself... The people have chosen the enemy instead. And we have a choice. We either get to go to be with God for all eternity, or we stay trapped in 
our master, Satan, we stay trapped in his house. We stay trapped under his thumb. And the thing is, is that he's not offering anything. He's offering something temporary because this world is not going to last forever. So what we need is to call out to Jesus because we were not called and made. We were not made to stay in this house that Satan has made for us. He has wreaked havoc on this earth from the time that he was here, from the time that the, that the Lord, that he was jealous of God, from the time that he was hurled to earth and then mankind came, mankind came to earth. And so what we do is we call out. Jesus has paid the price and God says, come home. And this is the thing. This is what is so beautiful. There's a story in the Bible about the prodigal son. And it is about a father. Jesus told this story. He said, there is a father that had two children. And to make a long story short, one of the children wanted his inheritance. Even while the dad was still alive, the child wanted his inheritance now. And he went and blew it on everything of the world. So he left what God gave him or what his father gave him. Okay. Cause this is mirroring our relationship with God. He took everything that God had gifted him with and he went and spent it on the world. What has God gifted you with? Do you have a talent? Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Can you draw? Are you a photographer? Do you, can you play sports? Are you a chef? Are you like all of these things that you might be gifted with? Or let's go to spiritual giftings. Are you a teacher? Are you a giver? Are you an encourager? This is the thing. Satan takes our very giftings, the very inheritance that God's given us, the very way that we are created. Satan comes and twists those and uses them for the world's purpose to get others off track. I remember being a little girl and my parents would say, um, well, I wasn't a little girl. I was a teenager looking for a job. But to me, now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, that was a little girl. But I'm looking for a job and I wanted to work in a restaurant and My parents actually guided me and said, are you sure you want to work in this particular restaurant because they serve alcohol? What happens when there are people that come to the table and, which I guess I couldn't have been a teenager. I guess I had to be, how old do you have to be to serve alcohol? I can't remember. Is it 21 to serve it or 18 to serve it? But I just remember my parents giving me that, that guidance of saying, If you work in a place that serves alcohol and you're actually the one that's serving it, you could be the one that's actually serving an alcoholic. You could be serving some person that's going to go home and abuse their spouse or their children. Um, and, and we use our giftings. What if I use my serving for a family owned restaurant? What if I use my serving for the church? What if I use my gift of serving and, um, you know, getting a job with something that's going to honor the Lord? I'm not saying that every single thing that we have to do has to be in church, but there are some things in the world that can actually, uh, cause others to stumble, cause others to, to, to fall and fail. And so the enemy just wants to take all of these giftings that we have. And he wants to, to, to trip us up with that. He wants to be our slave master. And the Lord says, I want to break the chain. So when That prodigal son is out there and he is out in the world and he realizes he doesn't even have food to eat. He's in a pig pen eating the slop that the farmer gave the pigs. And he's like, I have a father. I have a father who has a house 
and it is warm there. There's plenty of food to eat. There's um, so many benefits of being a son to my father. I want to go home. And so what this son does is he goes home. And as he goes home and the father is sitting out and he sees him in the distance, the father sees his son. It is not just the son running to the father. It is the father running to the son. Imagine that picture because I believe that somebody is probably listening to this or maybe you're thinking of somebody that needs to hear this message Someone that is running and running and trying to do things the world's way. And you are so afraid to come to God the Father because you think that God the Father is going to be angry with you because you haven't kept his rules. You haven't kept the word, the Bible. You haven't kept all of those um, sacred uh, commandments and the instructions that come with the Bible because you've looked at it as it's a rule book and God's just wagging his finger at you and saying, shame on you. That is not what God is doing. He is sitting and he is looking over the horizon and he is waiting for his child to come home. And trust me, when you start running towards your father, If you're a woman, I can just see you picking up your skirt so that you can run faster. And I think of the prodigal probably having his robe and his cloak or whatever, his tunic, and he's picking it up so that he can run faster. And don't you know that the father is picking up his just the same to run to get to his son. And even when he gets to his son, he hugs him, he kisses him, and he yells back, Kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a celebration. My son has come home. Your father, your heavenly father is waiting for you to come back home. Maybe you've never even heard the story of God who loves you. Maybe you've only heard of a God who judges and condemns. God will judge the enemy and his and, and, and his followers, the demonic. And we get the choice of whether we are going to choose the devil's way and stay in that pit, serving the world, serving the enemy and serving our own appetites. Or we're going to turn to a God that loves us and is waiting for us. And he, he knows what we are created for. And th- this way of, of him giving us the, um, the, I want to I use a different word than rules because rules just sound so like, don't you dare break the rules. He gives us guidelines so that we can have a prosperous marriage, so that we can have love and respect in our homes between man and wife, so that we can have children who are not only obedient to their mother and father, but they are obedient to to their God in heaven. And they realize that their parents are disciplining them based on the word of God. And that is why the Bible says, train your child up in the way that they should go. And when they get older, they will not depart from it because most of us will go out and try the world just like the prodigal son. Most of us will go out and try it. And then we realize this is no good. This is not, I have a father at home. I have a home that I can actually go to with food and servants and people that are there that are living in the home 
And when I say servants, this is the day and age where you have to explain it all. Um, servants in Bible times, a lot of times we're talking about people that had nowhere else to go so that they would, so then there would be a master in the house that was wealthy and they actually gave them room and board. And they just, it was kind of like a trade so that they would work around the house, um, in, in trade for a place to live and a place to eat. So, um, that was what the father did. He just welcomed his child home. So I just want to ask you, is it time to come home? Is it time to, to, um, be consecrated and be set apart? That is what consecration is, is when we realize we are not of the world. We do not want to be of the world any longer. We're not made for it. We're not made for the world. And I want to consecrate myself from the world's ways. And I want to come home to my father. I want to say goodbye to the pig pen. I want to say goodbye to eating slop. I want to say goodbye to wasting my money on all of these things that the world has to offer. And I want to come home into a place where I am loved and celebrated and where other people will celebrate me as well. And that is known as the church. That is what the church needs to be. That is what the church should be. And that doesn't mean that it's this big, huge building. It could simply mean 20 people gathering in a home together and loving each other and reading the word, singing a couple of songs, you know, and just enjoying fellowship with each other. So I'm going to end this podcast with that, with that question. Is it time for you to come home? Is it time for you to be uh, consecrated from the things of the world and to be set apart for the things of God? I want to thank you for listening. I hope that you are um, following the Lord and in his ways. Feel free to look around on a God-focused life website. There are many things that are going to be coming up soon. My sister and I, who battled breast cancer together at the same time, we di- we were diagnosed within the same time. So we were holding literally cancer cells in our body at the same time. And it was just a matter of the time that we were diagnosed. And, um, we journaled our journey. We, um, put our emotions and our practical walk with treatments, chemo, radiation, all, you know, the, the, um, the surgeries, we put it all in a, into a book and it's called a tale of two sisters. So we put our journals together and maybe it's something, um, that would be a gift that you could give to somebody else who is going through cancer, maybe a loved one, or maybe you have just been diagnosed and you don't know what to expect. Or maybe you just want to hear about a journey of two sisters who were diagnosed and how they held on to their faith the entire time. Because that is exactly what my sister Teresa and I had to do. We had to hold on to God during the hardest, one of the hardest battles that we had ever faced. So A Tale of Two Sisters will be coming out October 1st in 2020. And so it will be here on A God-Focused Life as well. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you.